Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast, episode 129. I'm your host, Carson Tamar. And yes, even though the leaves are turning colors, the air is getting cooler. We're having a bit of a vacation week this week as we're reviewing the first episode of The White Lotus Season 2 and the iconic Ticket to Paradise. But before we get into any of that, let's see who's here on the pod with me this week. We have Alina Falls, the icon, the legend, the queen. How are you doing this week? Good. I just went on a vacation, and I didn't realize this was a little vacation episode. I love being on theme. I went to upstate New York, so it was a very weird vacation. Very I would never have a reason. With <laughs> <laughs> I would never have a reason to go to Rochester, New York, except for a hot man. And now I have a boyfriend, so wow, I love that for me. I went to the Rochester Railroad Museum. It was so and cute. got railroaded. I did not get railroaded. There were so many children around. It was terrifying. That would have been iconic, though. It would have been iconic, but there was it was very small, and there were so many fucking children. Like, because it was the very first day. You're doing this from prison. (laughs) It was the very first day they were doing, like, the pumpkin patch train rides. So, like, you'd take the train up to the hill where the rest of the museum was, and then they had little pumpkins that you could pick. Um... And then, like, the tree train kept you back down. It was 40-plus U.S. dollars for, like, literally a 10-minute train ride. But that's okay because it goes to, like, a museum. Also, there was a petting zoo, which I was not down with. But I didn't know there was going to be a petting zoo until I got there. Um, And there was wallabies. And one of them was an albino wallaby. And then there was also, like, a little cow and, like, goats and sheep. And then there was also bunnies and guinea pigs. And the guinea pigs made me sad because, like, the guinea pig was hiding under hay. And this freaking eight-year-old little fucking asshole walks up and, like, starts ripping up the hay to get at the guinea pig. And I'm like, have your parents taught you no manners? I I really feel like the generation um, after Z is like all monsters every time i see them i'm like i don't remember kids being this bad and it's like literally especially stuff with animals actually like literally um, i was like why is your mom not yelling at you my boyfriend picked up the guinea pig so the kid couldn't get at it because i was like (laughs) i was just standing there like (laughs) i was at the petting zoo at the wild animal park recently and they have like a goat area where you can pet them and a child like slapped a goat on the face i was like what are you doing this is why this is why I don't like petting zoos because parents these days, not to sound like a boomer, parents these days don't control their goddamn children. Like if your children is harassing an animal, yell at them. That's rude. When I worked yeah. at a zoo, a wallaby kicked my neck and I got a big scar because of it. Oh my god, that's crazy. So I do like the idea that a child is gonna like go to like jump at a wallaby and like just get fucking like You know in how the there's face. boxing kangaroos? Imagine yes. a boxing wallaby, like boxing a child. <laughs> Anyway, I had a good time. I met all of his friends. I met his parents. Uh, we went to a little state park with the like nice, cute little river gorge. We enjoyed enjoyed the fall leaves. I had a really lovely week. Now I'm, I'm also now. on the podcast. Oh, well, let there. me talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go on vacation? I'm sorry, I was the only one on theme. Okay, everyone. Let, Paul interrupts. Let's hear his ten minute story about like how he ordered DoorDash and it went wrong this week. No, uh, actually, no. Um, I've been hungover all day. It's been real bleak. I literally had a friend come over for brunch, and I was like, "Hi, I'm gonna lay on the floor, and you're gonna make the brunch." <laughs> and she was like, "Okay." And I was like, "I can't do it, Bree. I just can't do it." Um, it was so weird because all I did was have um, like 
maybe three little whiskey drinks and then like two beers, which sounds like a lot, but it was like over like five hours because we watched um, some of the White Lotus. And I know. And I was so hungover. I wanted to die. It's because you're getting elderly. Uh, No, I think it's (laughs) I think it's um, something in the beer just fucked with me a little bit. That's Um, What did you have for brunch? For brunch, I had um, it was from HelloFresh. Um, it was their um, lemon ricotta pancakes with um, a cherry maple syrup and um, a uh, creme fraiche with like lemon in it and stuff. It was like really bougie, um, which it was it's really sad. Criminal that HelloFresh doesn't sponsor us. Uh, it's criminal, and also everyone should actually. I you know what's funny? I have so many friends go like. I would never use HelloFresh. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I've never used something like that because I live in an apartment building. And I'm scared people would steal it. But yeah, no, now that, that I'm sense. moving, oh, my other life update is that I'm breaking my lease and I'm moving back to my parents' house. And murdering mice. Yeah, I killed a mouse. We talk about, oh, no, we don't, never mind. No, we, we talked about it before we started. We need to cut that because we might get canceled for that. <laughs> Animals are really <laughs> sacred. We don't. Yeah, yeah I love how we like, just talk shit about petting zoos and then like killed a mouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare they abuse that? I also electrocuted a mouse and murdered it. <laughs> Listen, it was necessary. It was a pest. It was vermin. It was causing me to lose sleep. Like it had to be done. Um, <laughs> it had to die. But yeah, I'm moving home. I don't like Ottawa anymore. Remember how when I first moved here, I was like, I wanted to stay here forever. I really like it here. No. My ex-boyfriend ruined this town for me. It's boring now. The vibes are just off. I miss my dad. I want to go home. I'm telling so. you, it's LA time, Alina. Clappercast no. hype house. Let's go. I don't think I can suit. I'm not. I'm. I'd be like a Los Angeles bore. I could never make it in California. It's it's really bleak. Um, I can't do it. It would. I already have bad self-esteem. I'd kill myself in Los Angeles. <laughs> the good thing is though that you'll be hit on by people, and you're like, how. Why? Oh my god! I have never been hit on like I have been hit on in upstate New York. I mean, that it's makes cool. sense. America really, I think, goes at it. Yeah, I know. I never get hit on in Canada. I love so I, I love I freaking love upstate New York. They think I'm hot there. I'm moving. <laughs> Somebody call U.S. immigration. <laughs> it's the Rochester era. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Ew. <laughs> cool. Well, enough of that. Let's get into our content for the week. And Alina, let's start off our tropical vacation this week with our new feature of the week, uh, Ticket to Paradise, from our iconic favorite, Ol Parker, who made Imagine Me and You. He made Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Obviously very excited for this one. Actually, I'm going to start us off because, you know what, this feels like me movie. We watched The Greatest Beer Run Ever for you. We're watching Ticket to Paradise for me, even though you also, I think, would appreciate this so We're watching Ticket to Paradise for both of us. For us. <laughs> um, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, once again, teaming up, this time as a divorced couple who hates each other, who are going to Bali because they sent their daughter there with her best friend after graduation, just like as a vacation, and she found the love of her life. And now she wants to go live in this little shack with great internet, apparently, and like grow seaweed with her life. And they are going to go and try to sabotage the wedding because how dare she marry a guy so young that she's only known for like two months. But like they get there and they're like, oh, they're kind of cute. Oh, I like our daughter being happy. And then they're like, well, maybe like you're not that bad either. And it's a romantic comedy that is not a musical, but it follows all your beats you'd really expect. And like, 
I loved it, obviously. Keep your power of the dogs, keep your lambs, keep your whatever <laughs> everyone else loves, you know, in recent memory. This is for people like me. Not only is it so adorable as a romantic comedy, like on both fronts, I think the younger couple is great, but I think Clooney and Roberts, of course, are adorable together. They have just such natural chemistry. But then also like the message here of like, you know, being like finding happiness and being willing to throw like everything in life you kind of work for away for that like I don't know as someone who's going to be a college graduate very soon that kind of spoke to me I was like yeah I kind of would like to just like live in Bali and grow seaweed um so very quickly I'll just say like very me loved it it got my third five-star rating of the year that's criticism movies are back Alina did you enjoy it Rom-coms are back I like it uh, I wouldn't give it, I didn't give it five stars, but I loved it. And also, it's been freaking blowing up the box office. Black Adam who? Like, Ooh. rom-coms are back. <laughs> I feel like the people have been starved for rom-coms. Because, uh, like, rom-coms normally get dumped on streaming services. But, like, the people saw Julia Roberts and George Clooney, and they were like, that's chemistry. Let's go. I feel like lately we've been having an issue with actors not having enough chemistry. I just produced um, the Rianne Pictures podcast, Not Having It All This Morning, and they did an episode on bad chemistry. And I was like, yes, it is such a thing now that bad chemistry exists. Like they're casting hot people, but they're not casting people with chemistry. You can cast hot people with chemistry. The early 2000s prove it. So grow up and take a note from old parker and ticket to paradise and whoever the casting director is because they're a genius um i freaking julia roberts and george clooney are so incredible in this they just love each other have you seen them on jimmy kimmel i've been seeing the clips on yes TikTok. of course it's adorable like i love it when actors like act like that behind the scenes also like they just love each other so much in real life um and like, oh my god, the beer pong scene cinema. was literal cinema. <laughs> cinema. And also I was worried about this movie because it's one of those where they show like basically the entire movie in the trailer. But then as you're watching the movie, you're like, oh, a lot of this stuff happens at the beginning when it seems to be happening towards the end. So there is a lot of like stuff that isn't actually shown in the trailer. Like the trailer kind of tricks you. Yes. I also liked seeing Caitlin De- Deaver and Billy Lord again. Shout out Booksmart. <laughs> the I would say that side of Booksmart is doing very well other than the other side behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, it was great. Like the whole cast was amazing. Billy Lord, once again, hysterical. Like she's so good. So good. Makes every single second she's on screen memorable and matter. Her and Clooney have like wildly good chemistry, which I didn't necessarily think like that duo was going to be iconic. It was iconic. Um, I thought the diva was so good. I thought her like romance, her relationship, it's so weird because you can on one hand be like, yeah, it is stupid. And like, obviously don't marry this guy. You're I have a with take the parents. Oh, I'm excited. But like, <laughs> then you hear, you see them and you're like, oh, they are sweet. You really go on that journey with the parents, I would say. But what's your take? I was not buying the full relationship between um, Lily and G'day. Wow. Like, they're really cute together, but like, I just feel like she is such, like, a sensible person, character, that I just, like, did not buy her throwing away her entire life to get married. Like, I could see them dating long distance at first, but the fact that she gave up her entire life to stay in Bali was odd to me. I was like, and also, like, G'day was, like, I know they were supposed to stay in Indonesia. They weren't, like, coming back to the U.S., which is the thing that really struck me. I don't understand how the immigration there works. 
like that that was not addressed in the film but the whole time i was thinking she's just not going to come back i think there's like rules and stuff about that but it doesn't matter i thought billy lord was also just gonna stay forever i was like why are all these people just like that i don't maybe it is maybe you can just go there and stay the good day was just really giving me green card energy yeah i know that's I, I not like the plot of the film but i was really getting green card energy and like he like but he's really skeptical rightfully skeptical of george clooney's character in particular but like his attitude he just was like i was like i don't like you i don't like him <laughs> he's there's hot, something though. off he's about cute. him that he is cute but like there and the movie is telling me there's not they're telling me he's perfect but deep down there's something off about him i don't <laughs> trust him <laughs> I feel like you might be projecting a bit peace and love, Elena. Probably. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a different type. Like maybe this is Listen, just like a certain mindset. Because I really, I'm 25 totally... and I've been heartbroken a lot, so I don't trust oh, you. I don't that's trust valid. men. <laughs> that's so valid, Elena. I just think maybe it's something about like the like just individual mindsets. Because I'm fully the type of person who would leave it all behind for like a man in Indonesia. I was like, I could see myself never like. I'm working really hard to get a teaching credential right now and be a teacher. If I could like, and I want to live in New York City so badly, but like, if I could just like find happiness in Bali, I'd leave it all easily. Like, I that's just me. I would do that now, but I wouldn't do it just post university graduation because now I'm disillusioned and upset with my life. But I like when I was graduating, I was optimistic. So <laughs> this we'll week see. especially, you're like, if anyone lives anywhere but Ottawa, let me know. I'm down to hang out. Oh my and god! Move. You know, I'm back in my uh, boyfriend era. Uh, yes. I have a new one. We love that for me. Um, I'm like, I would drop everything to move to upstate New York, New York right now. I, I thought would you were going to say a- that you were doing that. I was like, oh no, we've been dating for a week. That would be psychotic. <laughs> I mean, like, we've been talking for 10 months, but officially dating for a sure. week. So that would, in fact, be psychotic. I will not pull a Caitlyn Deaver. Your and... trip was adorable, though. Thank it really, you. like, looked cute, all the photos. It was really giving, like, fall rom-com life. Because mm. all the trees and, like, leaves were changing colors. And, like, I hard-launched him. Like, <laughs> the people are going to know that I have had a boyfriend for a week. You're going to see him. He's a very hot man. You can look at him on my Instagram. You're welcome. Go on her Instagram. <laughs> He'll probably be on the podcast sometime. Who knows? He will. He wants to talk about Legends of the Fall for, for some godforsaken reason. I love it. I've never <laughs> seen it, but I'm so down. It's a Western, so I don't know I, if you're down. <laughs> I mean, I'll sit there through it, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's better than all the shit Paul's made me watch, so <laughs> sure, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love to get... I feel like you know what you're getting with this, and, like, mm-hmm. if this is your type of film, I think it's going to be great. I think you're going to love this. I think you're going to have a blast with it. It it's like has the comedy, it has the cliches, but it also has, like, the maturity and the emotions to work. I think if you look at this movie and you think that looks like torture, it's going to be torture. Movies are not for everyone, but I think if you're, like, a hot bitch who, like, has good taste, you're going to love this. And I think if you're, like, ugly Period. and sad and you, like, think Jane Campion's cool, like, you're going to hate this. So that's my uh, take. Speaking of hot bitches, um, my best friend Gwen, her grandma, Kath, fucking stands George Clooney. Yes. To the point where, like, when Gwen was little, she would change her grandma's background to like scrolling pictures of George Clooney like her What's desktop that? background or screensaver or whatever and Kath went to see Ticket to Paradise and she loved it obviously yes. she's biased but it's for everybody 
Gwen's gonna love that I called her grandma a hot bitch. <laughs> Absolutely, she's such a hot bitch. Queen. Queen. <laughs> um god i, I love i this was also a great theatrical experience i don't know your yeah. theater a mine was full of white women similar to where the crawdads sing they were there for that and they were like cheering mm-hmm. it was great. mine was white women and their reluctant husbands love it but i heard the husbands laughing so Ooh. that just goes to show you about the comedic chops of ticket to paradise I'm happy this is doing amazing in the box office. I'm happy mm-hmm. that the narrative, unlike with bros, is like, oh, you can't actually have a romantic comedy at the box office because I love to see it. But mm-hmm. I think this film is going to do baller when it goes to Peacock in like 45 days, I think it is. Um, I think that's when, like similar to Encanto, it's going to do well in the theater. People are going to go see it. They're going to love it. But like at home, I feel like this is going to get like massive. And mm-hmm. I hope so because I think it deserves it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Old Parker, like just the best you know to, uh, banger 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 the denis everyone like last week was posting the denis villeneuve like not every person has like masterpiece 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 that both old parker's filmography is like <laughs> stunning so taking a break from our traditional vacations we're moving on to a little bit different of a vacation uh to westeros um for the house of dragons kind of House of the Dragon, hot D. I always do House of Dragons because I think that that's what it, like, originally people were calling it, and then I've just never corrected myself. Um, but yeah, for the House of the Dragon uh, season finale and overall just season reactions. So I'm going to let you kind of intro it, Alina. Okay. Um, I didn't want to watch this show. Uh, but... <laughs> my mind was changed it like i remember when we had our first reactions to it like what 10 weeks ago crazy Mm -hmm. um paul was saying like oh but it feels like old game of thrones i was like damn it old games of thrones old game of thrones was so good i'll try it and the first episode just hooked me and i've really enjoyed the entire season there were some not great parts do you remember that episode when it's literally all in pitch blackness? <laughs> what the fuck? Is that? Um, some of us have nice TVs. So <laughs> I paid a thousand dollars for my TV, man. Like freaking learn how to light shit. Like you can have dark scenes and just light it blue or something, please. I want to see people's faces. Speaking of lighting blue, there is like one episode where they definitely shot. Um, day for night um and you can look at it and you're like "Mm, that shot in the day (laughs) that is a bright ass scene some of us have nice tvs well some of us are poor okay you know what i should be able to enjoy hbo (laughs) on my thousand dollar tv should you that's the real question (laughs) should poor people be able to watch tv i don't know i really liked it um there was a i i feel like they the pacing was good but there are certain things where i wish that like we had stayed with the younger versions of rhaenyra and allison a bit longer like emma darcy and olivia cook are amazing but i don't know especially like some of like young rhaenyra's like relationships i really wish we had gotten to see like um her relationship with whatever like that strong guy you know yeah there's like a lot of stuff that was like skipped over just to get to 
the Dance of Dragons part. Well, yeah, and I think it's I think it's really interesting. Like the show is supposed to be three to four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um and you think about it and you're like, wow, so like so much of this timeline has been like crushed into one season and then they're gonna like slow down for the rest of the s- seasons. And it's really cool, but it's also gonna be very interesting to watch um in terms of like re uh acclimating ourselves to like oh yeah this is a week later or like you know a couple days after the last episode instead of like the flying through the the season yeah because the first season like the first couple episodes especially you're like this is months later this is like <laughs> a couple years later and i'm like Here's i didn't like grasp that at first. yeah it was, it was crazy um also i struggled with this with original game of thrones also but like oh my god people's names on this show are a lot like there's Rhaenyra, there's Rhaenys, there's Reyna, there's Aemond, there's Aemond, there's like Aemon the Conqueror. I'm like, oh my god, all of you people, like freaking, it's confusing. Like I don't know half of these people's names, honestly. Well, it's even worse because in this one, they're almost all Targaryens. I know. Like, <laughs> like you're like you can't even be like, oh okay, well this is in a different area of the show, and like as much as I really enjoyed the show. Um, I do want to start seeing like a little bit more of things going on outside of the house of the dragon. I think um, we're getting that. Yeah, I do too. Um, mm-hmm. I, Cause I, you know, I just feel like we need it um, yeah. a little bit more of that, like game of thrones in like, Oh, crazy stuff's happening, but we're going to jump over here. And it's like, this is a different, you know, completely different uh, struggle. And you know, how are these going to tie in eventually? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because in the first couple episodes, I think the only, like, other main family we saw was, like, that annoying Lannister, who I I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts. You know, I miss him. <laughs> Jason Lannister. <laughs> Jason Lannister. <laughs> I stand. I actually love, I love the Lannisters. Oh, hey, sub question of the week. What's your favorite Game of Thrones house? I like the Lannisters. Um, I was always a fuck. I don't I'll, I'll remember one second. I mean, you're not going to be surprised by this at all. Obviously not one of the major ones. Is it the Tyrells? Yes. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously I'm the Tyrells. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, Whenever I think of the Tyrells, my brain always goes Martell. And I said that once and someone was like, really? And I was like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> I was like, could give a fuck <laughs> about those sand snakes. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Another confusing thing about this show is they like use like nicknames for people. Like I did not grasp that Lord Corliss is the sea snake so every time they were mentioned like oh the sea snake i was like what the fuck are you guys talking about okay so the funny <laughs> thing about that is i would have been like that except when the controversy of like oh we cast a black targaryen um and everyone got mad about that they kept calling him the sea snake and i was like thank you <laughs> yeah i was like that's why i know who you are House oh. of the Dra- I loved House of the Dragon, but House of the Dragon was my Peloton show. And I feel like with Peloton, like the show I watch when I'm trying to exercise, like I can only watch it if I'm on my bike because Interesting. See, I saw I it on TikTok. I can't, <laughs> uh, 
what's funny is that what originally was um the first person i ever heard to do that was kim kardashian and it was with true blood hmm. um and she was like oh i i love true blood but i only will watch it if i'm on the elliptical um but uh yes it's a life hack i feel like i need to do it with sitcoms now though because i was struggling yeah i always try that with uh kind of the drama shows but i never can really get it to work for me because i'm like i get distracted especially if i start huffing and puffing and then it's like um mm -hmm. also the the tempo feels wrong um for me i usually do either like audiobooks but then i'll speed it up or i um also have found like the house huntry kind of shows like those like turn your brain off kind of shows. Those are great for workouts because you're like, oh, I can do like 30 minutes of this or whatever. Um, I feel like for me, I have to watch like a brain dead idiot show or I have to watch something I've seen before. Like I'm shifting to Supernatural as being my workout show because I've seen. Oh, that's up perfect to season for you. 11. But once I get to season 12, it can't be my bike show again because I haven't seen 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Which is psychotic so that there's 15 seasons. Now listen, I will finish that show if it kills me. But back to House heard, of the uh, Dragon. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I did hear that Winchester's is pretty good. Really? Yeah. Shit. Should we review um, Winchester's? Just kidding. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> you know what's funny is... Um, speaking about house of the dragon and you know these shows is like uh i haven't seen a show really hit like a cultural moment in the same way that house of the dragon did um specifically i mean i know everyone's remembers the like negroni spagliato with prosecco in it um moment but oh stunning oh stunning <laughs> <laughs> um, but outside of that um like this was a show that like people were talking about and like had you know um are you watching house of the dragon like that was the first time i heard it um the other thing i would hear is oh when did you stop rings of power <laughs> <laughs> do you think this would have happened if like like pretend like game of thrones wasn't made yet do you think this would have had like the same cultural impact um i think it would have probably been the same as game of thrones which i think only got popular in its fourth season yeah, fourth the fourth season is when I started watching it. Yeah, um, I uh, my history with Game of Thrones, I may have mentioned this before, but um, I didn't watch it because someone said, yeah, there's like twins fucking and then a dog dies. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that. The twins fucking was simpler times on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would never watch a show with incest cut to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see like where the show goes. Like it hits a pretty like, you know, uh there's no going back moment in this episode. And I think it's going to be really fun to see. I'm also very sad that they are borderline telling us that we're not getting it next year uh, i know i like read an interview and they were like we'll let you know if we can get it done next year and i was like oh god how could they do us like that like they knew that this was gonna be like a cultural hit like come on i i i don't think they did i think it was a real That's risk uh, well i mean the same thing is everyone probably thought that lord of lord of the power uh, <laughs> rings of power would be like hitting and really never heard about that i mean like one of my favorite i finished things. it this morning and i literally like the last five episodes i've just had as background noise and i have no idea what's happening because i don't care 
Yeah, one of my um, friends said that she and her husband would put the episode on. She'd go shower, he'd go cook, and then they'd come back for the last 10, 15 minutes and still like basically know what was happening. <laughs> like it just you could like because the, the stories thing. all like wrap up in those last. So you're like, OK, I kind of I get what's yeah. going on. So. The op- like there's literally scenes in Lord of the Rings. It's like three rings for the elves, seven for the dwarves, nine for the men, one for Sauron. That's all I need. I don't need <laughs> five seasons of how these freaking pieces of jewelry were made i really don't but with house of the dragon it's cool seeing a dragon civil war and like i don't understand how amazon fucked up something as iconic as lord of the rings like why did you make how could you make lord of the rings boring (laughs) it's so difficult i was really so mad (laughs) i know and it's it's so funny because this show i did not think was going to be good um and then it it's really been strong um and it's because the cast is iconic like yeah matt smith emma darcy olivia cook patty constantine is amazing as viserys like yeah the cast is so good is so great in this yeah Uh, i'm like but i can't say the same for rings of power and i feel like just because of like since they were airing concurrently, it's like you can't like not compare the two, especially since they're both prequels. They're both fantasy shows. Like, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's also it, whoever at Amazon was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go for this battle. Um, real miscalculation because it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just sapped all the energy out of Rings of Power. It's also wild to imagine Rings of Power aired its entire season in between <laughs> uh house of the dragon right i don't but, know i really hope like i'm still gonna have it on as the background for season two but i really hope season two like fucking picks up the pace and it'll be interesting because <laughs> house of the dragon is supposed to be like slowing the pace after the thing happened and the season finale i read about like the dance of dragons like everything and reading the wikipedia page about it was hard to keep track of because there's so many fucking names so i'm sure like as the rest of the seasons air i will forget things but i was shook i'm not gonna ruin it for anybody who's not going to read the books or wikipedia page but like i know i'm gonna forget things yeah no i I just needed to know i can't wait until season two (laughs) i didn't even know it was going to be a show and so like i read this a long time ago Mm. i was like "Ooh, dance of the dragon sounds fun and then i read the whole thing and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) now we're making a show about it crazy so Mm -hmm. also um, i'm trying to figure out how like this is daenerys is like related to rhaenyra i know she's like her whatever whatever grandmother but i'm like which of rhaenyra's children have had children so far none of them and i can't like figure out which one it is and i read i'm like they're at war how are these little boys having children i mean war doesn't (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't take that long (laughs) this seems like listen based on this wikipedia page it sounds very chaotic what's going to happen so i understand why they're breaking this into like what four seasons you said five yeah yeah it's gonna be four um and then that'll give enough time and then i think probably during like the at some point i think the Jon snow show will pop up while this is still going on i forgot about the Jon snow show I don't want to watch that. Please. 
I am no. so excited about the Jon Snow show. Why? Jon Snow's like the worst character. Because it's not going to be the Jon Snow show. I am telling you. I don't the know. Rev- what it, the what reveal. The re- no, I'm like, they're saying it's the Jon Snow show. But in my heart, it's Game of Thrones too. And they're going to be like, it's going to be the aftermath and all that kind of stuff. And I totally think that Daenerys will be back. Huh. That's my theory. Like, I don't like her either. How do you not take- like Daenerys? I never liked like? her. She, uh, I like the Lannisters. <laughs> like well. Daenerys, I just I didn't. I never liked her. She's always been a colonizing bitch. I was just like I don't like her. I could never <laughs> get behind her. And then when when she went crazy in like the last season and everyone was freaking out, I was like, this was so obvious, you guys. Like, come on. Um, so funny. I didn't like a lot of the characters in Game of Thrones. Like they were good characters, but I didn't like like them or root for them i literally only rooted for the lannisters which is psychotic because they are the evil characters but i just felt so bad for them i, I wanted them to, i just wanted cersei and jamie to be happy and i just wanted cersei to have her children and be happy except for joffrey <laughs> i love that mm-hmm. um i was trying to look up how they were related and there's just this really long cosmo article that uh i read that and i was still confused they never yeah. said what kid it was yeah just, oh i i liked sansa oh, found it rhaenyra is daenerys's great 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 grandmother okay but interesting like, i thought it was a lot closer than <laughs> no because it's like 170 something years but like which son which of her children is it like that's what i want to know I know it's probably not relevant, but I want to know. I mean, like, is it I'm Jace, sure that's all going to come out. Or is it Joffrey? I'm maybe it's, I'm sure it's Jace because Jace is the older one. It could be another one. Does she have more kids? I don't know. I think she, I don't know. We're just talking about nothing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We're just speculating. Sorry uh, to our listeners. Okay, and now it is time, guys. The White Lotus season two. We've been waiting. Feels like a year since the last White Lotus. It has been a year. It has actually been a year. (laughs) It's been like a year and a half. That's true. We're now back, not in Hawaii, but we're in Sicily. And Paul, this is like your show, I feel, out of the three of us. So I will let you take it away with The White Lotus Season 2. Yeah. So um, uh, in case you don't keep up with the award season, um, The White Lotus Season 1 was the most awarded show um, of last year um super happy for them and um jennifer coolidge won and jennifer coolidge is back um so it's continuing tanya mcquad's story a little bit um and now she's married to john greer's character um and things with everyone um aren't great relationship wise um one of the things that mike white mentioned um when he was talking about doing this season was that last season was about privilege this season is about like love and relationships and it's very interesting to see that being explored because he does it in the same way he does with uh the privilege where there's like no good answers for a lot of things um but it is a lot more drama than i think uh, last season i know some people said that the white lotus was a little boring i feel like this one will get people back a little bit more it feels a little bit more um like 
hey, there's something big that happens in every episode. And like, um, it, it's definitely um, it feels very similar, but I also think that it uh, shifts in a way that's really nice. I'm curious what you guys thought about it. Yeah, so I mean, we're going off episode one. I, I, well, I've seen the first three. We're mainly talking about episode one. But like, we're still in the building phases of the show. It's also taking on an extra episode and season length. So like, we definitely have more time to flesh stuff out to build this stuff. I think thematically, it's much more um, clearly put together than the first season. You mentioned it's about love. Pretty much every single story we have is about love or about the threat or the realization of an affair or a struggle in a relationship. So like, it's all there and it's all very clear how it's coming together. I love that it doesn't revolutionize itself, but instead evolves itself in pretty much every way from Hawaii, not just in themes, but even in technicals, like the soundtrack, this opening theme, it takes the same vibes, the same swells as the original. And it's like, as this new Italian layer to it, and it is a fucking bop. If we're not all out there, <laughs> in like pride 2023 in the nightclubs <laughs> listening to the white lotus season two opening we're doing something wrong everyone every time i literally am like yeah this is a fucking great song it's so um, good so i love it yeah i mean it's great it's a lot of the same but like in a great way i've only seen the first two episodes so far um and i'm really into it once again but i feel like this time around i like don't like any of the characters except for Jennifer Coolidge's character. They're all just, like, annoying or assholes. Although I do like the American Sicilian grandpa who harasses women. <laughs> Murray Abraham just, yeah. like, sitting around farting the whole time. He's my favorite character so far. Everyone else is just, like, ugh. You're like, his oh, grandson's like a Haley. pussy. Yeah, his grandson's a pussy. His son is an asshole. Uh, Haley Lou Richardson, who plays Jennifer Coolidge's assistant, she's adorable. But, like, Aubrey Plaza's character is such an uptight bitch. And then they're, like, rich friends. So annoying and boring. I love the rich friends. Really? Every oh, my God. I think they're so fucking annoying. I think it's really interesting because what it reminds me of is what um, Alexandra – D'Addario and Jake Lacey's characters will be like in a couple years mm. and so it's almost like we are continuing that story and it's like ah, these are basically the same characters and it's like so interesting to watch that um, but I also like you know I've watched the most uh, HBO gave us five episodes um, so far which was fantastic although literally I was like well everything else is cancelled I'm, I'm watching the White Lotus now uh, <laughs> And I, I do think that, like, some of the stuff that you're talking about uh, changes a little bit um, as the season goes. Um, but um, I also really appreciate in this season that the characters seem to exist mixed a little bit more. Um, season one was like, here's this story, and we'll have one scene where they talk to each other. You know, these characters interact. Uh, this one feels like it's a lot. Um especially um, related to the the big mystery, um, which I don't really want to get into like the spoilers of, but it does really up the ante um, from season one where it's like, you're watching it and you're like, okay. And one character is revealed to be the only, uh, no, there's two characters that you know aren't, um, aren't the victims. Um, so that's really fun to like have, you know, uh, that little bit of info. I think it really works for this show. Um, I know some people feel like, oh, we should keep going back. And I'm like, no, that's so great because you set it up. 
And then you're, it's just in the back of your head. You're like, shit's going to get bad for all these characters. Um, and having watched five episodes, shit gets a real bad for these characters. Like, I think it's in terms of like what they put them through is so much more awful compared to um, season one. Um, but yeah, I think people are really going to enjoy it. Um, you know, it's more of the same, but in a good way. Um, and, you know, even has like allusions to the first season. There are some repetitive storylines a little bit um, in the later seat. You guys will see um, in the later episodes where I was like, we're doing that again. But I don't mind it because it almost feels like a, a conversation. And there is in a later episode a callback to season one. And it is one of the like craziest callbacks. Like it's just a little conversation they have. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> like it, Twitter is going to lose their mind about it. Um, oh, and Twitter will lose their mind about one scene in the first episode. Um, <laughs> so like this will instantly be screenshotted and I will be seeing uh, this particular shot in close up <laughs> again and again and again. <laughs> I will say one thing to kind of Alina's point is like, I don't think there's any characters that iconic as that cast and like that first cast, like God tier. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's no Sydney Sweeney. Like even Jennifer Coolidge, I think like is great, but I don't think she's like necessarily a standout as that first season. Like in that first season, the brother was iconic. Like there were so many fun characters that like, it was just such a blast. I don't know if there's many characters in this one. We even kind of get like a substitute for uh, Sweeney and her friend. Like, like a new duo and like, I don't know, they're fine. But I, I think as at this point, I wouldn't say any are like as iconic or as memorable as that first season. Still great. But like, I yeah, won't no, say that. I, I, I do agree. Um, and I also am curious about how, you know, we got the binge it. Um, but I am curious how the week to week works for people. Um, I think it'll be fine. Um, but there is points where I'm like, you know, an episode will end. And I'm like, if I, did not have the next episode of right now, I would be losing my mind just like, like and both. And it's, I think it's just what we're dealing with now with, you know, week to week is like both with like excitement and also like this annoyance of like, okay, we're back to the week to week. We're so not used to it anymore because Netflix spoiled us. But I love um, it. I want uh, every show to be weekly. It's so much better when everyone is like anticipate or even just like chunks. Even if you want to do like three episodes at a time, like I love the anticipation, I, the build and the conversation and the predictions. Like it's really like rejuvenated my love for TV, the shows that are doing mm -hmm. this, where like it once again feels instead of like you have a week where you have to wait for everyone to binge watch something like it really does feel like a community event again that's so much more meaningful and like you get so much more excited not just like oh i'm watching episode four of eight or whatever and i have to get through this get to the end it's like oh no like we're all doing this it feels like every episode is so much more anticipated i like i, I cannot speak highly enough how much i love it i i actually um specifically love how it worked out for us I love being able to watch a bunch and then still getting it's like the best of both worlds cake and eat it too. It's like I'll get to see everyone's theory and I'm like, you're fucking wrong, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I totally see what you guys are talking about with like the characters being a little um I just miss Armand. Like, sorry. I, I he wasn't gonna be in this, but like I missed that wild boy doing drugs and eating boys' assholes. Like oh, I missed um <laughs> tom hollander does come up later in the season um 
and he will scratch that itch a little bit for you. Um, he's like, uh, he plays basically this guy who's loves old rich women. <laughs> and so you can guess who he befriends. And it's like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's very much like Tanya gets to be in the center. Um, it's really fun. But uh, other weird thing. Um, usually when we get these like reviews, uh, review copies, they're like, Hey, don't talk about the following things. This was just like loose. Like I, I don't like even mentioning that. I was like, is that allowed? And it's like, they literally sent us nothing. Um, <laughs> which is wild. Cause there's huge reveals and stuff that come up in the season. And like, it's interesting that we don't have any sort of guidance. Uh, <laughs> I was no, shocked it's like, at don't the talk episode to, yeah. two and like, I oh, can't I keep watching more because we had to record right, like right after I finished episode two. And I'm like, I just want us to, I want you guys to shut up so I can just go back and watch three, four and five. Oh yeah. Three, uh, three, four and five are so good. Um, mm -hmm. They're so much fun. And yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's great. And I think this, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be as uh, shocking for people, um, but I think it's not a sophomore slump at all, which is what I was really worried about. Um, I was really expecting it to be like, oh boy, here we go. This is terrible. And I have to like, you know, eat crow for the rest of the week. But nope. It's, I'm just going to say this because there's a chance Mike White is listening to this and people from the White Lotus. Number one, Mike White, love you from Survivor. Number two, <laughs> season three, give me my fucking like Swedish resort because imagine the opening with the yodeling. All I'm oh saying, my god! All I'm saying. Oh, wait, they've uh, they've already said what season three is. Wait, what is it? It's Japan. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, okay, season four. Season yeah. four. Mike, listen. <laughs> you I, imagine the yodels. The the thing is, I think we're going to get like um multiple like I think it's just going to keep going. You know, it may it like take off fun. for like a year or two, but what you know how like eco tourism is like a huge trend right now. Mm-hmm. They should do something like that. Like, Agreed. go to, like, uh, Costa Rica or something, and then there's all these, like, rich people who are trying to be outdoorsy. That would be fun for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I assume at some point we're going to get an African safari one. I was yeah. going to say that, too. Um, and I Let's do... do a death on the Nile moment. That would a be river so cruise. Good. I love a river cruise, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> well, the funniest part is uh, I literally was watching Triangle of Sadness, and I was like, welp. <laughs> there goes a uh, yacht version of White Lotus, which made me kind of sad because I was like, oh, that would have been really fun to watch. Um, I feel similar to this. How I feel about this might be a weird callback. The Escape Room franchise, specifically after the second Escape Room, where I'm like, I want 30 of these and I just want to like binge watch them all because I yes. cannot wait until like we just get like every variation of this you can have because it's the perfect formula that you can change every time to be unique. Like I'm just so in. I'm so yeah. in on this concept. No, I know. And um, I'm very curious to see, like, this also feels like a show that he could pass the torch at some point and it'd be, like, perfectly fine. Um, you know, someone that he knows has a similar writing style. Um, but I'm also interested to see uh, if we get some people brought back. Um, the rumor is that Jennifer is just going to be in every season. Uh, that's what he said at the um, uh, premiere um but who knows if that's you know 
She made I mean, she can afford all these five-star hotel vacations. She's like a <laughs> I know. I so. do love finding out more about that character because it is mm-hmm. interesting. You're like, oh, yeah. Literally, when they were saying assistant, I was like, what job does she have? And I was like, oh, I forget. Rich people just have assistants. Yeah. <laughs> that was my poor boy moment that I was like, what does she do? Oh, no. They do reveal some, like, shocking things about her, I will oh, say. Oh, no. They, they like... There's a ton. There's a ton that they tell. Um, actually... I will say overall, these characters feel more fleshed out. Yes, they're a little uh, pricklier, but I do like understand the lives of these people a lot better. Like I can imagine what they are outside of this vacation, which is really different from how season one was, which they're just like these pastiches of every douchebag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do. I do need a Sydney Sweeney kind of character. Um, uh, Bring her back. <laughs> uh, honestly, they like, could definitely just randomly bring people back in future seasons. I love that. Oh yeah, like, they and could I, just appear at the White Lotus. Yeah, Tokyo the, or whatever. The only person I don't think you can ever bring back is um, spoilers for season one. No, I was going to say Jake Galaxy and Alexandra Daddario. There's no way they're like, yeah, we'll stay at another White Lotus. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, maybe he gets a free voucher and he's like hey, you know, so I was thinking the exact way. same thing but I was like I don't think he would although I love uh, Jake Lacey um, in yeah. this I kind of hope they stop the deaths eventually I think like that would get contrived if you do that every single time but um, yeah but I also think I, like I don't know it's, it's borderline just a murder mystery it, it will be funny yeah. though if um, Jennifer Coolidge just becomes like the Hercule Poirot <laughs> right <laughs> She just always, she shows up, someone's dead. Is there um, anyone from this season, introduced in this season, who you're like, oh, I want them to come back in a future season? Because, like, I got that vibe with season one. I was like, oh, I want every character to come back. I don't know if there's anyone here I'm super like, oh, I don't I need them. I don't currently, like, in season one, you knew who was not dying. There's not one of these characters that I trust will be alive. Like, <laughs> all of them, I'm like... Oh, you could be the one. Even Jennifer Coolidge, I could see being the one. Um, like, I, I think it's going to be like a, um, you know, I. that's why I'm not really attached to them yet. Once I finish, I may retroactively like be like, oh, I'd love to have, you know, Aubrey Plaza back um, or, you know, whatever. Uh, I really like Theo James, actually, but um I like him just as an actor. I think he's doing a really good job, especially in the later episodes. He does some work that's like kind of hard to like be such a douchebag and like play it so well. Cause you're like, I would still hang like um, in the first episode, Will Sharp's character mentions like um, if you hang out with him for five minutes, you can hang out with him for the rest of your life. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel with him. Like after a couple episodes, I was like, yeah, no, you're awful. But I like, but I also like Jake Lacey's character. I like the douchebags. <laughs> Hot take, I think Aubrey Plaza is like one of the weakest in show here. Still really good. I don't know if her style she gets she gets with the style. Uh yes. I think she gets a little stronger. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's a good note. Like we've all only seen part of the show. Like we'll do another full review at the end. So yeah. like everything we say here should not be reflective of the entire show. First but, reactions. Yeah. Um I know it's gonna be fun though i'm excited to see what fans think um and yes that that music is killer uh it took me a couple episodes to like like it but then like every time the uh the beat drops i'm like yes (laughs) oh the beat drop is like "Mm." (laughs) 
Oh, also, also Mike, if you're listening, send us the robes, please. Yeah. And, uh, like, send us the back. It's funny. My friends, uh, when we were watching, also said, like, I want that robe. <laughs> I was like, yes. Okay, and that's going to do it this week. Let's end things off with our question of the week, which is tied into the White Lotus. We're asking what your favorite Jennifer Coolidge performance is. Paul, what did you decide this week? I'm going with uh, Tanya McGuad from The White Lotus, obviously. Love obviously. it. Alina? I picked Stifler's mom from American Pie. It's like one of her most, if not her most iconic role. Like it's what cemented her as the MILF. And I just, she's iconic in it. She doesn't, she's not in it for very much, but like the scenes that she is in, she just totally kills the game. Love it. And I chose her from Legally Blonde. I saw that movie for the first time this year on an airplane. That is insane. I know. I know. And it's so iconic in every sense. I do not cancel the movie. I think the ending is fine. I'm a gay. I can say it. But like, <laughs> I think Jennifer Coolidge is such a fun Wait. supporting actor in that. I love it. Do people Legally? not like the ending? Yeah, yeah. People are like, it's homophobic and like canceled. What? Why? She just graduates. No, in oh, court, a... she's like, uh, he knows shoes or whatever. Like, he's gay. That's uh, not the end. Oh. It's close enough the to the third end. Act. Also, okay. also uh, I love that part. <laughs> Sorry for yeah, thinking Alina was. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I think it's funny. But yeah, no. Uh, you know, I'm really happy for Jennifer Coolidge because she was definitely like one of those actors we all just like loved. Yeah. And now she's just like. She kind of pulled like an Olivia Coleman to a lesser extent, but still where it's like all of a sudden she's in everything. And I'm like, yeah. yes. And we need to figure out a way to get this woman an Oscar. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. EGOT status. <laughs> we need to get Jennifer Coolidge an EGOT, okay? <laughs> uh, quickly looking back at last week's question of the week, we asked favorite Colin Farrell performance. Paul, you ran away with the vote 51.1% in Bruges. Congrats. I Thank you. I mean, it is like... You know, let's be honest, his best performance, so valid. Um, I came in second with Killing of a Sacred Deer. Alina, you came in third with Batman. And then for other, um, we got a Miami Vice and a Winter's Tale shout out. So it seems like we picked a Winter's the right Tale. One. Sorry. That's I'm... interesting. We I have not... a fucking choice. Yeah. We do not need to judge. At oh, we be judging. One A N underscore cat one. They can think whatever they want. Okay. I really tale. hope that for our Jennifer Coolidge question, somebody says a Cinderella story because that was my second choice after Stifler's yeah. mom because she freaking plays the evil I, stepmother in yeah. a Cinderella story. I, I expect a lot of people to do that when I expect um, some Christopher Guest movies to pop up. Um, Best in Show is mainly her biggest one, but she's in a lot of them. Yeah. So that's going to do it this week for Clapper. Oh, and you can vote for that at Clapper Podcast on Twitter. That's going to do it for this week episode of Clappercast. Where can we find y'all on social media? Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Alina? At Alina Falds on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can find me on Twitter, appp underscore movie reviews, Letterbox Carson Tamar. Make sure to keep an eye out this week for a bonus episode. Me and Paul are going to be looking at some Shutter originals that came out this year. And then we'll have Ooh. another episode of the podcast probably next week for Halloween. So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back then. Goodbye.